Hey, Starks here. Good evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you may be in the fantasy world. Welcome to the Fantasy Unicorns podcast. We're dynasty driven, but we give you that redraft flavor as well. Check out our rankings on our website, along with the prospect rankings on our website, thefantasyunicorns.com. Make sure you guys subscribe to the website. Uh, That way you'll get notified when articles are presented through the website either uh, notification through your uh, via text message on your phone or notify through email. And also, if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, write a uh, review and give us a five star rating. And this episode, before I typically jump in, I'm ready to take people on for a ride. I definitely want to say this, um, this pretty much this episode is going to consist of just touching up on a couple of playoff games, but I, I definitely wanted to touch up on a game that just happened here recently because I'm recording while games are going on. And I'll touch up a little bit more on the mock draft and, and you know, highlight on a few players and what their dynasty outlook could be. And then on a next, uh, pretty much on a unicorn court, it's going to be pretty much uh, essentially tied down to just reviewing uh, the thoughts on the last episode on uh, Game of Thrones. So, it's going to be a spoiler alert. So once I come across that, if you guys haven't seen that episode already, uh, then at that point in time, I'd say I'll give you guys the disclaimer before I, I start talking about you know that episode. If you guys are Game of Thrones fans, but I'll say it like this. It's, it's definitely a good show, but let's go ahead and start this, this episode. So uh, this was a long week of interesting games that happened. Uh, throughout the week, a lot of well, I wouldn't say a lot of games, but you know they they're going to stagger it out with playoff games at hand, with a few games, a lot less than what we're accustomed to. And I know the fantasy season's over, but let me just put it in this perspective again. Since we're dynasty driven, you got to look at a few things to be prepared going on to next year. Pay attention to every little minute detail, and that'll kind of segue to. You know, the Milwaukee game and Boston game that I'll talk about here before, you know, I talk about a few games that stuck out to me, you know, for the future of Dynasty um, outlook on certain players. But anyways, uh, as we got as you guys know, that that uh, Portland game that happened, it was just I mean, obviously, Portland just lost here recently against Denver. But if you guys seen that four overtime game, or it was just crazy. That four overtime game. I think it was like I'm in the Eastern time zone, so I think the game was still on to like two in the morning or something like that. I it was hard for me. I basically it's almost like I had a I feel like a cartoon character where you gotta put the tape over your eyes. So well not over your eyes, but the your eyelids and pull them up to your forehead to keep them up because I had a hard time watching that. But it was such a great Man, that overtime game and Rodney Hood came out huge in that game. Denver in Portland, that series is going to, it almost seems like it'll be a seven game series. I still would think if you had to ask me like, hey, Starks, who do you think is going to move forward between them two? I think Denver is just because Denver has more talent on that team, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen again. Remember, I don't call playoffs games at all. That's that for some reason I'm just not good at that. So that means maybe Portland's going to win. So if I say Denver's going to win, that probably means uh Portland's going to win. So, you know, take what you want with that. Again, now Denver came, you know, the next game, Denver, you know, won. So, again, that's going to be interesting. Uh the Philadelphia and Toronto game, th- those games this this throughout the season. I know one thing they mentioned Pascal Siakam, there there was a, a situation where he may not have 
might not have been able to play the following game, but he did. So that was good. I think he was listed doubtful at one point in time, and then it came all the way up to tip-off where it was like questionable, and then he, he got in, inserted to play. Now, he wasn't a game-changer um, for, that, for that game here recently, but you know the beautiful thing about that uh, Toronto game is Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard had an awesome game, dropped 39 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, and it was kind of weird because he, he didn't get any stock stats. So he didn't get any steals or blocks, which was really weird. But he knew he had to take it, you know, take control of the game. Uh, he hit five snipes and, you know, at the free throw line was eight for 12. So, you know, man, but he was very efficient in the field goal, you know, percentage wise, shooting 13 for 20. Uh, one of the players, I, I honestly thought that Van Lee would get more playing time. But that's only because I thought Pascal Siakam wasn't going to play. Pascal didn't have the best game, you know, clearly when he's shooting two for 10. But, you know, he, he was trying to fight through an injury. So who got more of the minutes of the chunk? It was Ibaka. And, you know, he 12 and 9, three blocks out. Ibaka, oh, my goodness. I'm going to say it like this. For Dynasty GMs and Dynasty owners of Ibaka, or if you have any plans on drafting him next year, you better keep in mind that Gasol's there and... Abaka, you know, he just because. OK, so let me put it. This is an ISO rant, as you guys know, or accustomed to by now. Abaka is a OK player. We are, we obviously remember when he was giving you the blocks. He was a block specialist and his blocks have pretty much started to dwindle down over the years as, as time progressed on. But, you know, that's he's still an OK player in fantasy. He's not going to give you too much. He'll hit a couple of snipes here and there, give you, you know, some points here and there. And he may get you the blocks, but in a dynasty format, um, I, I couldn't even. It's hard for me to get him in the, in the top hundreds. Oh, my goodness. That's and that's hard for me to say that. But again, it depends on your situation. But anyways, let's move forward here. Um, the Philadelphia side of that game that happened here recently. Jimmy Butler had a good game. Um, ben Simmons, as you guys know, I'm not a Ben Simmons guy, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's just not a good player. But this is the type of game that that is unacceptable for Ben Simmons. You know, he had 10 points, five rebounds, four assists in 38 minutes. Now he had two steals, cool, in a block. Yeah, that's cool. But he only took 10 shots. And if you're the, the guy that's supposed to be a triple-double threat, like where's the assist at? And... You got you got to do more, and then Embiid he only took seven shots. I don't I don't get it, you know. But but that's that's what's going to happen here in Philadelphia. There's going to be times that other players, like for instance, to, Tobias Harris, he was so inefficient shooting twenty three shots. He was seven for twenty three. You're going to have to deal with that sometimes. And he took thirteen three pointers. It's crazy, but he he missed obviously two for thirteen three pointers. Not not good. Um, and again this. This is just crazy. And I'm I'm actually recording while this game just started in Houston. Golden State series. Oh my goodness. I, I it's unfortunate that if you guys seen it, Draymond Green, I know people's like, oh, Harden is a flopper. I mean, yeah, yeah, I get it. He flops, but you know, a lot of NBA players unfortunately nowadays flops. But as you guys seen it, he got poked in the eyes and his eyes are red and his I want to see what they look like tonight. Was doing the Sharon gun, but you know, you guys might not be familiar with that. That's just a Naruto reference, but you know. <laughs> but anyways, to see Harden's eyes like that to still try to play, 
you know, obviously you got to you got to do your best you can to stay in the game. This is the playoffs times and or excuse me, this is a playoff time and you got to you got to perform. It's, it's put up or shut up at this time. And again, it's, it's going to be hard for them to find a way to beat Golden State. Uh, they're in Houston again. What is a two to one series right now? Let me see. Yes, yeah, two one series Golden State. I, I I really believe Golden State's going to win this game right here. I know uh, Houston has been undefeated at home in the playoffs, but hey, you know. And again, when I call games in the playoffs, maybe it's it's typically the opposite, right? So maybe Houston wins, but it's really hard for me to see Houston win this series. I, I really would love tempt them to do it. Houston to me, they don't they're not as strong as they were uh, last year in the playoffs, but. You know, that's still to be seen, right? Oh, Capella, nice putback. All right, so going back to the Philadelphia-Toronto game, uh, that series, I still think Toronto's going to win. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Philly, Philadelphia pulled it off, but that's that's why I, I, I still have Toronto. Now, this is a game I definitely want to talk about real quick here today. Uh, again, I'll, I'll go over the, mocks here, the mock draft here shortly, and this is going to be a little bit of, of a shorter episode. Because once I get to Game of Thrones, I guess you guys can pretty much shut the podcast off at that point in time. Because I know there's going to be some that don't want to hear that, which is fine. Um, It's more of a fantasy basketball podcast. I get it. But when you're you're stuck with me, this is kind of what you get. And, you know, uh, and then obviously there's actually a couple of listener questions that I'll I'll definitely touch up on around um, before we even start on the Game of Thrones there. And uh, the game that I want to talk about here is Milwaukee and Boston. Now, this game just happened and it closed out shop. And this is one thing that I I always get a good chuckle in fantasy. When players perform and destroy, I wouldn't even say say destroy, but when you pick up a fantasy player on your team, when you're like streaming players, I always get a rush. I don't know. It's like a, a good rush when I pick up a player. Obviously, if they're a good player from the, this, the, you're streaming and they could be excellent, right? The rest of the season, but no, I, I get a rush off of that. But I also get a rush off of picking like players that are not supposed to be relevant in fantasy too much anymore, but they still could give you okay value if they have the opportunity, right? So this is <laughs> this is definitely the guy I want to talk about in this Milwaukee and Boston game. As you guys know, at this point in time, Milwaukee uh, won. 113 against Boston 101. And the guy I want to talk about here is George <laughs> George Hill, George King of the Hill, Hank Hill. George Hill had 26 minutes, right? 15 points, four rebounds, five assists. And the thing is about this, he, he hit two snipe, or excuse me, hit a snipe, which one three-pointer, and he was six of 11 field goal efficient. Made all of his free throws, right? So one thing that holds true is, when you get players like this to, even though stats alone is, it's not the sexiest, I'll be honest, but that's that's still like real cheap value. And if you can do that in a, in a deep league, even if that's in a redraft league, in a dynasty league, enjoy that, you know, for the week when you're against an opponent. And again, you know, this is not going to be for everybody, but if you're able to pull this type of stuff off, picking up these players, then, you know, that's that's fun. And it's funny at the same time. But when I was watching George Hill, I, I just it's hard to see him doing he's he's doing spin cycles out there on Kyrie Irving. I'm just like, yo, man, just stop. This is the playoffs, man. I get it. I get it, man. You were in the playoffs before. You got that playoff blood, you know, back in the San Antonio days. I get it. 
But that was something that I, I really got to chuckle on. And I definitely don't, I don't take that stuff lightly. I, I, I really, oh man. And how does that, so you're like, well, how, Starks, how does that translate to fantasy? My point is, is just like when you pick up these type of players that are not supposed to, and George Hill is not bad, to be fair. He's not a bad player. But, you know, for him in this situation in Milwaukee, with all of the good players that they have on the East, that's something to kind of pay attention to. Now, let me at least say this. Now, this is what I wanted to touch up a little bit more in a dynasty outlook of this team. This is very important. Okay. So all jokes aside, I know I go on rants. The player that I looked at a lot, and I remember picking him up in my dynasty league here too, just to close out shop um, Where when it comes to in the playoffs. You got to... Again, as you guys, if you're not familiar with the opera, you know, again, opportunity per 36, E is an echo, R is an ride, A is an age. If you haven't and you don't know what the opera system is, just go in the past couple of episodes and find it. And I kind of give you guys a quick breakdown on what I, how I utilize that. And I, I typically go by that formula that I created uh, to basically see a player and see if they fit in the opera system that'll be beneficial for you in a dynasty league, right? So Pat Connaughton, I'm not saying he fits in that opera formula because it's really hard to, to put him in that right now. But I, I'll say this. If you know if you guys are in a Yahoo League or ESPN, I don't know if ESPN has a watch list, but as you guys know, um, gosh, Harden just got smacked in the head. As you guys know, uh, Yahoo Leagues have the watch list, right? So when you have the watch list... Um, yeah, Harden's still on the ground. Yeah, you gotta call that timeout. Uh, so when you have the watch list, obviously, as you guys know, it's just like players you're gonna, you know, kind of watch. Now, for the deep, deep dynasty leaguers, if you're in like a, a 20 plus man league and you, ha- you, you got like a, a large roster of players that you got a roster on your team, Pat Connington might be a player that I'm looking at. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do something outrageously special, but there's a few things about him that I like. Um, his defense is is very underrated, and he had the highest plus minus on the court here tonight, morning, afternoon, wherever you may be, at 22. He played 32 minutes. Now, he was the third highest on the team, and this is him coming from the bench, right? So he got more minutes than even Meritage, right? Meritage started, and he had 24 minutes, and Connington with 32 minutes had nine points, 10 rebounds, one assist and a block. Um, you know, he only took seven shots, okay, and he made one three-pointer. But this is something you ha- you guys got to, you know, and this is like a cheat code. Like, you, as you guys know, I, I, I'd give out the Game Genie cheat codes at times and a little bit more open to the, you know, to you guys, listeners, to give you a little bit more information, at least how the, the, the logic that I think um, – and, and again, remember, if you heard, if you've been followers of us in the beginning, I didn't like to share a lot of information, but it's a little bit different now that I'm willing to, to give that information because it's just a competitiveness in me. But as time progresses on, I know that um, my my skills as far as like, I wouldn't even say skills, but my fantasy uh, play time is going to, my usage rate is going to start dwindling down, which I'm still going to play in leagues, but I won't be as hard press as I used to be in, but I'll still enjoy it. Right. So anyways, like, what do you, what are you, what are you trying to say? So my, my bottom, the bottom line is I'm going to give you information that you guys need and not just that, but give you information, 
uh, that how I think at times. And then obviously the rest of the unicorns will share. They they they're pretty much open to open book anyways. Uh, that's a little bit more difficult for me. But anyways, stop getting off the ISO. Stop stop at Starks. So, uh, Connington he he looks like a good NBA player. Uh, he has the frame. He can provide you know out of position. I wouldn't say was it out of position stats for him. Let me see. He is a he's a, like a guard slash forward. So if he gets the minutes, and that's the opportunity. If he gets the the minutes, but the thing is, you guys got to keep in mind who is it? Malcolm Brogdon's been out too, and that's why I say it's hard for me to just open that that book that he says. Oh, you know, Pat Connington is in the opera system. He has. The, I, I'll say it like this. Again, if you're in a deep, a very deep league, yeah, he's worth a pickup. And if you're still, I don't know if a lot of people play, if they're in fan tracks uh, that can still make moves right now, picking up players, oh my goodness, I'd, I'd be all over him just to see, just to see what happens. Because again, if a player, here's one thing you got to look at. If a player doesn't pan out like next year for you in the, in the season and stuff of that nature, then it's simple. Excuse me, just just cut them. It's not that hard. But I'd rather have uh, upside guys versus um, upside guys versus just the the playing guys that may well, won't even say playing guys, but the guys that are not going that that has like a higher ceiling. They don't have the upside anymore. It's capped out, right? Oh man, Katie with a little injury, a little owie. Harden got elbowed by Katie in the back of the head. Okay, so back to uh, what we're at here. So Connington, um, you know, there's still a lot of players that you gotta you gotta be mindful of. Obviously, Meritich is there, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and you know, you just got all of these. Basically, you have to you have to play that game. But as time progresses on, as you know, we mentioned, you know, talent rises up to the cream of the crop or to the top, however you want to say it. You guys got the, the you know what I'm trying to say. You got the logic of what I'm trying to say. So Pat Connington, I definitely like him. Um, stash him in a, a very deep league and see what happens, right? So let's move forward into the mock draft here. I'll touch up on a few players. And if you guys haven't heard the, the previous episodes, make sure you do so that way you have the idea of... Um, who was who was selected by the unicorns, and where do we stop at? Was it De'Aaron Fox? We okay. I think we stopped at De'Aaron Fox at twenty two last episode. All right, so at pick twenty three, and I'll go over about. Eh, let's see what how much time we got left. Yeah, we got we got put about five. I'll put five out there for you. So the next player on slate here is tw- at twenty three. Kevin chose Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker in a dynasty league at 23, that is a value, uh, as simple as that. And if you're in a, a situation where you're trying to win this year or the following year, and the, at least the golden rule for me and Kevin is, you know, we like to try to win within the first three years, okay? And I know uh, Jay will typically look around the three to five year mark, which is fine too. It's just so we all have different styles on how we incorporate the you know the logic and how the unicorns think uh Kimball Walker he may end up in a, a different team what next year 
you know, there's a lot of free agents and probably we're going to probably have a, a podcast about the free agents, you know, the possible landing spots that they can be and maybe what the fantasy value could head at. Uh Oh, three. Gosh, you know, real quick. I'm sorry. This is ISO right. I don't know. PJ Tucker, man. <laughs> if you had him this year in a redraft league and even in a dynasty league, let me know what your thoughts on him, because it seemed like for some reason, it seems like he was always hovering around top 75. He's just a basic player. He he has the really hot spots in the corner threes, and then he'll, he'll get you them defense and weird rebound stats. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I need to get back on the mock drive. Okay, so um, Kemba Walker, definitely a good player. As you guys know, he, had, he, he started out really hot this year, and I know there was a lot of people who was like, well, um, you know, do I... Do I keep him? You know, what, what's, you know, how, what do I need to, I'm a, they're like, what do I do with him? I'll just say, well, you shouldn't have to think hard. I'll say, just keep him, you know, in a dynasty league. Now, if someone is going to knock your socks off with Kemba Walker, then you, you might have to consider something different. Like, you, you got to trade him like, at that point in time. I mean, he finished top 20 this past year, right? Averaged over, you know, 25 points. Hit you three three pointers this year, four rebounds, almost six assists, a steal, uh, one point two steals, and uh, he was at the free throw line a lot, shooting at eighty four percent. His field goal percentage wasn't the best at forty three percent, but hey, that's okay. Kimball Walker is a legit guy. Um, you know, I, that's a good pick. I, I definitely like that pick, and uh, you know, that's that's where we're at. So, who's the next person on slate here? And uh, it's Jay. He picked up De- DeAndre Ayton at 24. Um, that's, a, that's a really good pick. Ayton, and this is the funny thing, real quick. Now, I know I'm going to get a lot of flack here. Well, let me see. Do I want to touch up on this guy? Did I touch up on him yet? Hold on. Hold on for a second. No. Uh, yes. Yes, I did. I sure did. Now, and this is me going back and forth because I was probably listening to everybody else. So the question is with DeAndre Ayton, okay, is I put a poll up and I figured this would be more of a momentum towards Triple J. So, and this will still probably turn people off, which is fine. It's just like I said, this is preference. So some people would be like, hey, you know, Triple J or DeAndre Ayton, like really in the middle of the podcast that we were, you know, doing this, I I put a poll up there and I, I was confident that people would say Triple J. For me, it was a little different. I was DeAndre Ayton, and I think that was like the first uh, podcast episode that I did solo by myself. And uh, I know that, again, there was not a lot of people fans of it. But I can also say again that a lot of people wasn't fans of me saying Miles Turner was going to bounce, have a bounce back year, right? And we see how that turned out. And there was a lot of you know people against that. So... I am not saying that this, let me just be clear. I'm not saying that uh, DeAndre Aiden is going to be better than Triple J because if, if you guys checked, I did actually pick Triple J ahead of DeAndre Aiden in a dynasty format. And actually the reason why is, is because again, if you guys heard the last p- the episode, Mark Gasol is gone from Memphis. Mike Conley is... Um, He's getting older, and I don't know how much longer he, he's going to be there in Memphis. And they're ready. To, it seems like they're ready to give the man the keys, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., the opportunity to, to take advantage of being a star there, a triple one threat. 
The only thing, so so that segues way, you're like, well, Starks, what about what's your thoughts on, you know, DeAndre Ayton if you liked him better? I was like, well, again, it, players, it's, it's, okay, so value changes every second, every minute, every day. It can, or it could be the same each day. And you're like, well, how does that make, what, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is value can change off a trade that fast. Right. If you were to tell me that, you know, Mark Gasol was going to still be there in Memphis and you still had uh, Conley and they're still trying to do whatever they were doing there in Memphis without really utilizing their young talent the next couple of years, then I probably I still probably would have leaned on Aiden at the time. And it's to me, it's still it's still really close. To be honest with you, I'm not really confident to say that. Um, Jaron Jackson is going to be better next year because that might not be the case. There's a possibility that it might not be the case. So, okay, so let me stop beating around the bush, right? So do I, okay, so let's move forward on on what I'm trying to get at. Going back to DeAndre Ayton. Is everybody likes the new shiny toys as I, I am accustomed to as well. DeAndre Ayton was a very underrated player this year. And you're like, well, and I'm being honest, it's like, is it was he really? I mean, in my opinion, he was. Because everybody, and including myself, was like the um the, the hype train was Luka Dantage, right? Which is fine, because you know, Luka Dantage is good. Yeah, so DeAndre Ayton finished top 33 this year. That is that was that's great. Rookie this season. And again, if you guys heard me earlier on rants, I saw rants, I said about DeAndre Ayton, I was like, listen, if he takes more, he, he okay, he took 12 attempt shots. This guy should be shooting at least 15 shots a game, in my opinion. At least 15 shots a game, not 12. I remember seeing, De- and here it goes, I saw rant. As you guys, I, I kept saying, like, I remember seeing some games, he only shot five shots or seven shots. I used to get so irritated. This guy's shooting 58% field goal percentage. Take more shots. It's that simple. We know it's a Devin Booker team. I get it. But you got to take more shots. It's, it's them two, right? And then you, you got a, a, a other castle, uh, excuse me, Bridges there. That's fine. But come on, man. DeAndre Ayton, just, just grab the ball. Be a man. Score more points because you have it in you. He averaged 16 and 10, double-double threat. Beautiful. He almost had two assists. And I think, as this guy's a big man, he could average three assists. I really believe that. So if he averages three assists, his value is going to even go up from 33. Now, I wanted him to at least get a block. I mean, he was at .9 and then .9 steals. That's not desirable for a big man. You want at least a block. You would want a block and a half from a big man. I get it. And this free throw percentage wasn't the best at 0.74 or 74%. Um, but that's another thing that can that can bounce up. He's a he's a good solid basketball player. And um as people, like I said, people are gonna still follow and love. And like I said, I love Luke as the next guy. But sometimes you you can't ignore these other rookies here. And because a lot of hype is still gonna be behind Triple J. Now, again, I think Triple J is going to be a great player. And as you guys seen, I, I even picked him ahead in this mock draft ahead of DeAndre Ayton. But I, I really still want to find a way to get DeAndre Ayton on my team. 
Okay, so uh, that's 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 where we went. I really went that far. Okay, so the next player on slate here. Uh, let's see, J. A. Moore, and I and again, hooked on phonics works for me. Um, Jay picked it more, and and Jay is more of the, uh, the the college prospect savant. So I don't know too much about Morant, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to act like I do know him. But I'll say it like this: um, This is definitely another spicy pick by Jay. I love to see spiciness. If he becomes something good or something great in the NBA, that's that could be a value pick. But again, this is more of I think Jay trying to go the three to five year route. And I think this is really good content here for a mock draft because you got it. Gosh, you just made a crazy threes, Curry. Uh, so you just got to You just got to imagine how uh, other GMs are going to be in a mock draft. You're going to have some that's going to aim for the, the college prospects earlier or uh, you're going to have people that's going to get the older players up front or it's going to be a mix of both. Both worlds. So uh, more depends on what team he falls on in the, the NBA. Opportunity as again, if opportunity presents itself, then I definitely want to see where, what team he knocks on the door with. Right. So the next pickup and is by Kevin. And I'll, I'll just touch up on. Let's see. One, two, three. OK, so two more players. Uh, Kevin picked up Drew Holiday at 26 in the mock draft. Drew Holiday. It's pretty much simple. This is another value pick. Drew Holiday at 26. I'd be happy too. Um, he had a very good year. Now, for those GMs that uh, had him during the playoffs and needed him, that that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. This this stuff happens, you know, with players. And I'll I'll put it to you like this: You need to be considerate, and and I know it's hard to try to predict the future because it, it definitely is. Um. Guess oh James James Harden is going to the locker room. Gosh, man, jeez, oh my goodness. Okay, all right. So moving back forward to what I, so Drew Holiday. Where, the point I was trying to drive, excuse me, is like you got to be careful how you draft players, and and what I mean by predicting the future. See you know see what team they're on, and then at the same time like you know are they going to be in the playoffs? I'm not saying that. I could have predicted that uh, Drew Holiday may have not been playing at the end of the season. Be- or Anthony Davis, it looks like James Harden's coming back out. Um, but, you know, they're... <sighs> Golden... But, okay, so here's a here's another a bad... This is Now, this is more of a bad thought logic. You don't... Okay, let me refer, refer it back. You don't want to basically pick players that has the chance of being benched at the end of the season. Now, I know that goes against a lot of a lot of things to keep in mind. I get it. Like someone like let's say the Suns, they could be so bad that you're going to not you're going to kind of waver away from Booker. Let's just actually just let's throw that away. <laughs> let's not even think that that hard when you're drafting. Okay? So, let's, let's just forget <laughs> let's just forget what I just said right there. All right. So, let's move forward. Um, let me see here. What we got? The Drew Holiday. Oh yeah, let me go back to Drew Holiday. He he finished that twenty one this past year. Great, twenty one points 
almost two threes, five rebounds, almost eight assists, so 7.7 assists, half a steal, like 1.6 steals. Man, he almost had a block average this year, 0.8. He shot really efficient. I didn't, listen, it's probably because I didn't have Drew Holiday in any of my leagues. Shot at a very good uh, field goal percentage for a guard, 47%. Free throw percentage, it was okay. Yeah, it was not, it was pretty good. Yeah, free throw percentage could have been a little bit better, but that's been me nitpicking at 76%. So to be honest, if you drew Holiday, I mean, geez, that was a really good year. Next year, um, for this pick, this is also another uh, value pick, but do I think that uh, Drew Holiday is going to sustain the same stats as he did this past year? Yeah, I think so. I think it's fair to say that he did. And also... What's going to happen to Anthony Davis, you know, so maybe his usage gets spiked up. So there's a lot to keep in mind. So I want to touch up at least on one more player here. Um, the player I would definitely want to talk about. Who is it? I apologize, guys. Um, <clears throat> okay, and I, 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 at 27, I picked up Jimmy Butler. This is not the I'll say, <laughs> this is not the sexiest pick by me. It really isn't. This was more of a value pick um, for me. I I can say this. I'm not so excited. I like Jimmy Butler as a fantasy player, but in a dynasty format, this is to me. It's it's almost like it's starting. Okay, so you got to put. You're like well, because I'm, I'm gonna say something that's going to be kind of foul, and I don't know. Okay, so. He might be more of a he might start turning into a boring fantasy player. And he's gonna meaning he's gonna still give you production and stuff. He's gonna get you the obviously what you need at the free throw line. He's gonna get you assist for the type of position, you know, he he plays and other things, right? That's cool. Um but I, I for me, I think he's gonna start being a... if he stays in Philadelphia too. So I guess that's why he's more of a just a, a, a good. He's just going to turn into a productive fantasy player, and I know Kevin likes a lot of um, just productive players in fantasy, because that's how. To be honest, you need productive players in fantasy to win, right? I think it's just me. I, I just like to have spice, and at the same time production. But you can't you can't have it both ways, or can you? Right? <laughs> Tangent rant. Terrible joke. All right, so moving forward, I, I want to at least stop there. And let me see. So, okay, Game of Thrones. Okay, but oh, I'm sorry. Let me get to this listener's question here. Had a couple of them. Bear with me, guys. So, one of the listeners had asked. This was a this was a big one, and this is from I think it was Kevin Yuga. Uh, if I pronounced your name wrong, I'm sorry, brother. I apologize. So the question was, I have a nine cat Roto 15 manager league with 13 roster spots. The normal rules is as follows. Two keepers with any age, two keepers uh, with four years or younger in the league. The rules will maintain forever after the semi reset year. We have a semi reset happening this year while everyone can only keep one keepers with any age plus one keeper with four years or younger. This is very... um, Interesting here, brother. 
And what else? I have tanked and planned for this reset. I have the first pick of the draft. With Harden timeline, I want to balance, but do want to compete immediately. Is Zion Williamson a no-brainer? I know Gobert's stats is very good with Harden as well. My keeper right now is James Harden plus Donovan Mitchell. He's still a younger keeper for 2021 season. Uh, from looking at the keepers from other leagues, here are the, uh, all the other players available in the draft. So um, if I take Zion, I'm looking for Wendell Carter Jr. or was that Jay Allen? Jay Allen. Come on, Jared Allen Starks. Come on, brother. If available next round, any thoughts? Um, this is a boatload question here, uh, sir. <laughs> uh, let me just read off the players that he has. And it, I'll, I'll tell you like this off straight off rip. It really depends on what you want out of these players. But let me at least say this. The players that are the, the guards that are at hand that you highlighted. I'll go over the players that you highlighted that you're interested in. You have Kyrie Irving as a potential keeper. You got Chris Paul as a potential player to keep. John Wall, potential. Bradley Bill, potential. LeBron James is a potential. Obviously, Zion is a potential. Rudy Gobert, Capella, Jared Allen, Horford, Aldridge, Wendell Carter Jr. So the orange is highlighted for first round. And this is second round. This is so, okay, if I'm understanding this right, so the orange that are highlighted is the players that you can get in the first round, and then the blue is the players that you could probably essentially get in the second round to keep, okay? So I'm just going to go by that way. So you're looking at either Zion, Irving, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Bill, LeBron James. I honestly, I'll, I'll tell you like this, and I know Jay's not on this episode, but I think Jay would actually take Zion. Um, so I know you like Zion, man. It, if you want to take Zion, you can. Um, for me, I think I would actually take, let's see here. Who would I take out of those people? Uh, I may, I may take, to be honest with you, I may take Kyrie, but, uh, that's rough. That is a rough one, brother. It's definitely rough. Mm, mm, mm. I, and here's a shocker. I see other players that are not highlighted that I actually would actually probably shock a lot of people who I would probably choose instead. But for based off of the highlighted players that you like, uh, I probably would go either Kyrie or Bradley Bill there. LeBron James, I mean, obviously he's a good player, but I, I don't think I would be. He's more of an X out. Rudy Gobert, that's close. You could probably, if you wanted him. Capella, that's also not too bad. But it would be the struggle for me. It would be a coin flip almost between Kyrie Irving and Brad, Bradley Bill, out of the orange the one selected. Now, like I said, I, I think Jay would take Zion. So if you if you are pressed on getting Zion, then definitely go ahead and take him. Uh, Zion Zion is for me, in my opinion, on Zion looks like the potential to be a pretty good player. I just I I'm just not ready to give him the title yet. You know, it, that, that's just me with rookies in particular. Uh, sometimes I do have a hunch. On certain rookies that I will risk risk it. I mean, obviously they say no risk it, no biscuit. Uh, I'll let someone else take the biscuit if it's if it's the risk it. And that was also a terrible joke. <laughs> so the all right, the highlighted guys in the blue. Um, you got either the the choosing of what Chris Paul, John Wall, Jared Allen, Wendell Carter Jr., Al Horford, or Aldridge. Yeah, you're looking, and I know you're looking at 
uh, Wendell Carter Jr. or Jared Allen. So I, it looks like you're the type of coach like Jay, which is awesome. I think that's a good, a good style. Uh, you want to go the three to five year range, but at the same time, secretly try to be competitive this year, right? So I think Jay, who would Jay actually pick? Excuse me. I think, and, and, and Jay might, you know, I think he might would, I have a feeling he would take maybe Wendell Carter Jr. If you were to choose out of the two with Jared Allen and Wendell Carter Jr., um, I'll say it like this. If, and I know, I think this listener just started listening to our podcast and he started, I, I want to give you a shout out again. You started back with episode one and you, I think you were up to 36. So props to you, brother. I, we appreciate that. And, you know, just going back to re-listening. I mean, that's good content, even in the past. You could still utilize that for the future. Uh, Jared Allen, or excuse me, I had mentioned, and I used Wendell Carter Jr. in my opera system, right? And not a, I'll, I'll tell you like this. Not a lot of people was high on Wendell Carter Jr. For me, I, I jumped on him and, and I felt like he was going to get an opportunity and chance because I was I was looking at, you know, the situation at hand with the opera system. You know, like I said, again, re, check out the, the podcast and how I utilize the opera system. I, I think he fit it, the mold well. And as you guys know, Wendell Carter Jr., he was doing very well at one point in time, you know, in Chicago this year. And then he got injured and, you know, then obviously everything else kind of hit the fan. But also, you know, that came on the heels of, you know, Zach Levine getting more usage. Um, and then you had Lori Marketing. Goodness, Lori Marketing is a monster. Came back and it kind of sucked up the usage from Wendell Carter Jr., right? So that that kind of changed things for me a little bit. And now the opera system, although he fit it, he may not fit it as much as I as what I liked him in. But I'm still going to be rooting for Wendell Carter Jr. Now, now who would I choose particularly out of everybody in the blue highlighted? Um, in a win now situation, oof, I I wouldn't. I, it's, it's Horford is really good. There's something about, and it's just like I said, it's just preference. I just. I just I don't know about Al Horford. I just can't do it. It's hard for me to draft him. Just don't know what it is. He's a solid fantasy player and NBA player. I just can't do it. Um, and then who's the other guys? I'll just I'll start. Let me put it to you like this. Let me start reading the other some of the other players. Actually, the players that are not highlighted highlighted. I would rather for you to to get De'Aaron Fox, bro, <laughs> brother. I I honestly would. De'Aaron Fox, man, uh, good goodness. That dude is uh, legit. And I like him. Be- I'd rather take De'Aaron Fox over Chris Paul if you're capable of doing that. Or John Wall, you can kind of X out right now. Um, but De'Aaron Fox in this this group of other players that you have in here, I'm taking him. Or even, pa- oh my goodness, I didn't even see him. Pascal Siakam. So these are guys who are not even highlighted. And then you got Miles Tur- Listen, I'll tell you, Kevin, come back to me. <laughs> Ask either me or the, any of the unicorns another question, and um, I'll definitely give you more of a diagnosis, brother. This was a, a mouthful of information. I, I, we appreciate it, definitely. But I would say, man, I, I, just because I like players better doesn't necessarily mean you have to pick them either. I always want to at least give the, the listeners like, hey, if you want to choose this player, go for it. It's just more of a, a, a guidance of like what we think, you know. So just because of what we think, you know, a perspective on players doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it. 
If you have a man crush on uh, Wendell Carter Jr., go for it, brother. That's there's nothing fine. You're nothing wrong with that. I have a man crush on uh, Darren Fox, so you know that might hurt me in the long run. But I will make sure that I don't overpay for certain players. Like, for instance, like Darren Fox. I'm not gonna in a dynasty league. If I have like what, let's say the tenth pick in the dynasty league, I'm not gonna take Darren Fox at ten. I just can't do it. As much as I love him, I'm, I'm not gonna do it. So. But anyways, just get back at me, man, and, and I'll, I'll kind of rehash this on maybe the next episode on, on maybe some questions because I want to at least touch up on an, another question here. All right. So this question what was this question. I, I don't want to I want to make sure I find it. Uh, Where's that? Well, anyways, this question was kind of paraphrased. So I think the question was like, what do you think? Uh, what was it? What guy was it? Oh, okay. It was, it was like it was like Damian Lillard or Luka Doncic. Oh, gosh. He's Luka. Didn't, I think we had an episode with... Didn't we have a Luka-Damian Lillard comparison or something? Okay. Oh, goodness. I, who would you rather have? In a redraft, I'll make it simple. In a redraft, Damian Lillard. Dynasty League, I'm taking Luka Doncic. In a dynasty league, it's still close. You can almost still go Damian Lillard. You can really almost go. Redraft league, you, you have to go Damian Lillard. No questions asked. All right. I don't remember who that was from. All right. So let me kind of move forward here um, to the Game of Thrones. And before I do that, let me just give you you guys the um, the clutch shot of the night. And then I'll kind of jump on the Game of Thrones because at this point in time, I know people are going to Maybe want to close the podcast, which is fine. And it's going to be more of a spoiler alert. Uh, so clutch shot of the night that I'm going to take is, let's see, I'm recording while the Houston and Golden State game looks like it's 35-35 right now, second quarter. But going back to the Boston side and the Milwaukee side, of course you would clearly, who would you give it to? I think I'm just going to stick with Pat Connington still, just because... You know, he made some plays and George, George Hill got done in by George King the Hill, George Jefferson, Hank Hill, got all the names for him. But Connington and Hill, they're going to they're going to share this this clutch shot tonight, because when you have players that come out the woodworks to help in the rotation of the team, play the strong role to help you out, especially in the playoffs, that's something that you can't ignore and you need that. Each team needs role players, even if you have superstars, right? All right, so, and then, you guys, if you don't know where to reach me, you can find me on my Twitter handle. It's at Starks underscore industry. You can find me on Reddit, Starks21. And then also, uh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Fantasy, what was it? Goodness, I changed it on there. You can find me on my Instagram, what is my user? It's Fantasy Sports underscore podcast. That's probably going to be changed again. I'm still in between, um, in between changing that too. But anyways, just just reach out to me or any of the unicorns with information. So uh, I will talk about just to kind of close things up here. I'm just going to talk a little bit about the Game of Thrones. So for those that uh, hasn't seen the episode, uh, go ahead and turn the podcast off. This is just spoilers. So I'm just going to just do a, a quick review on it, at least my thoughts on it. Game of Thrones was this this past episode was good, another good episode. And I know there's only what two episodes left. A lot of people are disappointed. 
Um, and that, and obviously people are excited. It's just how this, this good, the series that they've done together. Now there's a, there's a YouTube out there on the pro, like episode three. I, don't, I can't remember who it was. There is a lot of cursing. So <laughs> if you can find it, it's like, I think it's a British guy with a British accent. Um, and if I, if I'm wrong in that, I do apologize, but the guy had a very strong accent, which was cool. Um, but he was destroying that last episode three. Not this... Wait a minute, was it episode three? Yeah, but I will talk about episode four real quick. I know I talked about three last episode, but real quick, last three, episode three. If you guys can find it on YouTube, it was it was classic because he kept clowning. There was so much stuff he was just very angry about that just didn't make sense to him. And to be to be you know quite frank with you, some of the stuff he was saying was, was some true facts, like how... If you guys remember on episode three, the big, huge fight, and I'll go I'll go into four in a minute. The big, huge fight that went down, uh, you guys were accustomed to, uh, what happened? What happened? What happened? Oh, yeah. All the, the Night Walkers uh, they just kept like, it just seemed like Sam and everybody kept getting piled up with Walkers. And somehow they didn't, what am I saying? Walkers. It's like, what is this? The Walking Dead? I, you guys know what I'm talking about. But it seemed like every time, you know, a whole bunch of them walkers got on top of people, like they survived and then they cut away, like, right, you know what I'm saying? They kept cutting away and somehow they got out of it. So it was like, didn't they seem like they were in a situation that died and then they, and it didn't happen. So then, (laughs) I forgot the other guy's name, the one that always uh, protects uh, the Dragon Queen was Daenerys. You You guys know what I'm talking about, the... Gosh, I'm terrible with names, as you guys know. If hooked on Faunus was for me, I think it's Jorma or something like that, or he died on episode three. And the guy was just clowns like, how, how do you guys, he was just basically saying, how do you guys wear all this armor? But then, you know, it's supposed to block, but you just, you get stabbed with like a stick and like through the, the metal armor and then die. So he just went in on this whole episode, just complaining about so many things every time, you know. Every time something was happening, and then I know they were like, "How how was Iris Stark able to just jump out of nowhere? Like, where did she jump from to kill the, the Ice King?" Right. So it was just so much. There was so so much shade. You guys need to check that out, right? And then this past episode, just a quick re- review. Um, and, oh yeah, that one guy. I don't know his name and, and where you can find that on YouTube, but you need to check that out. Just someone just going on a rant. Uh, how bad episode three was. And unbelievable how fake it was. So episode four was a pretty good one. Uh, it just kind of, let me think of it like this. What happened in episode four? Okay, so we we know about Jamie Lannister and uh, the tall girl. So we, we know about that. And then we know about, uh, what was his name? Gosh, Tyrion, my, my boy Tyrion, man. He, he's funny. Just <laughs> he just he just put all the drink in that dude's horn like, hey man, you know it's it's gonna happen. So let me just go ahead and pass you this, and you know it's over for you. Nice try. You guys would understand if you under if you watch the show where, where I'm coming from. And then um, that ser- seriously, man, she she's uh, straight straight savage. <laughs> this the savageness and where she was coming from at the end. It was. Tyrion really tried to negotiate and have his way at it to be like, hey, you, know, you got a baby on the way. You know, I know you're not like this and 
stuff of that nature. And it, and it, it touched her heart. It warmed her little heart out a little bit. But guess what? It just wasn't. It just wasn't enough. And at the same time, what happened was, uh, got got that uh, that one chick got her head sliced up, and poof, that was that was a rough episode. So in, in closing, and I know it was like I'm jumping back and forth. If you guys are accustomed, so I'm just trying to close this episode because I I gotta actually get some stuff done. In closing, that that episode was good. Um, I definitely like Game of Thrones. If you guys haven't seen it. Definitely check it out. It, and it's really, if you guys know, I'm a faith believer. So it's really hard for me to watch some of the stuff that it's it's extreme. Um, I'll say that there's a lot of uh, vulgar stuff and a lot of cu- curricular activity. So if, if you have time and if you can stomach some of that stuff and if you're not convicted of it, I guess I should, I should say, then check it out. It's a, it is a really good show. Um, but I'll, I'll say it like this. Um, then I want to also say it like this. I'll say it like this. Overall, if I had to review the episode, it was like, it was still like eight or even nine out of 10. Just these shows are just good. Every episode moving forward has been pretty good. So as much as that hate episode three got, I still give it a 10 because it was just an excellent episode. All right. So you guys, again, you know where to find me. And uh, with that being said, thanks again for, you know, listening to our podcast and still being followers of it. I honestly really appreciate you guys. Um, and this is another, this feels like a cupcake moment, soft moment. I apologize, but Hey, you just eat it. You'll be fine. I just want to say, I appreciate the listeners because we, we have a strong, Oh my goodness. What a snipe by heart. Oh my goodness. And the foul three pointer, man. Um, I just want to say this, you guys, you guys have been awesome, uh, being patient with us, you know, because we've been busy and, just continue to listen to us. And if you got any, you know, recommendations that you want to hear on the podcast or even like future articles, let us know. You know where to find us. With that being said, take a ride.